Hi, I'm here. Before we get going, I just want to say this is recorded before Destiny went in for her surgery. Uh, she's fine. Uh, you know, recovering in the hospital. We'll be uh, recuperating uh, with family for the next couple weeks, and then we'll be back. Who can say? Uh, we'll talk about more in this episode. Uh, please enjoy. Welcome to Reptory Screenings, episode 29. I'm your host, Em, and with me are my regular co-host, Destiny. Hi. And Jackson. Hello. Uh, we're here to talk about movies. Yeah. And this is our first uh, episode, or our last episode, until our uh, long-awaited return on some distant day. Who knows? Anywhere from six to ten weeks, let's say. Yep. No. <laughs> uh, impossible to say right now, but... Uh, so we don't have any other movie. Like we're not we're not picking our next movie. We'll we'll have an announcement. I'll put something in the feed to say we're back and what we're doing next. Uh, if me and Jackson drop any surprises for people, they'll just show up. Uh, I can't tell you right now that that's going to happen. It probably won't. But we always reserve the right to make up our minds to record a podcast for yes, the moment. We don't have like a plan, a secret plan for that. Like, there's actually a plan to do as little as possible. Um, but if <laughs> if we do change our minds, you know, there will be a random MP3 in the feed. But please yes, don't expect that. I have. Uh, fucking hell's on toothache so uh who's watched the movie jackson god no not me i mean unless the fucking movie of a uh, sentai show counts which i'm gonna say it doesn't okay destiny what have you watched i watched the host a host just host not the host the oh, host is a okay. different movie there's two oh, different movies yeah, yeah there's so like many two. movies hosts. <laughs> there's a lot of them the movie i'm talking about is the shutter uh, original, well, at least to that streaming service, uh, directed by Rob Savage, uh, about some friends who decided to do a seance on a Zoom call, and one of them plays a prank that, uh, calls an evil entity into the Zoom call, and then they, uh, havoc ensues. Yeah. It, it was is. awesome. It's pretty fun. It's like under an hour. It's filmed all like everyone filmed their parts in their own apartments while social distancing. And uh, it is the length of a free Zoom call. Uh oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, because you can only free Zoom accounts. You can only do a meeting for an hour, so the film is an hour. It lasts <laughs> as long as the meeting. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that. God, that's good. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. I don't know how much money Zoom gave them to let them, or excuse me, I don't know how much money they had to give Zoom, but they Probably used Probably neither Zoom. on either end, yeah. I would be my guess. Given how quickly they oh. made this, I assume they just made this. I'm like, everyone's using Zoom, let's go. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Uh, I also watched it, had a good time. Uh, I thought it was kind of spooky, because I found footage stuff and like jump scare heavy stuff really gets under my skin. Um, it's not like an exceptional one of those, but it's a good time if you've got Shudder. We also watched... Gohato? Gohato, yes. Gohato. I, I heard you watch this, uh, and then I immediately downloaded it, so... Oh. Yeah, it was pretty good. It's... I think the English translation is taboo. <laughs> yeah, Criterion Channel calls it Gohato, because calling something taboo is just ridiculous. I feel like you can't do that in English. It just evokes softcore porn. Uh, yep. Yeah, this movie is not porny at all. Uh, it's about so sword fighting. 
Oh, yeah, I was going to say, this is a 1999 uh, Nagisa Oshima movie uh, about uh, the Shinsengumi, who are a bunch of, like, secret police samurai running around, and two young people join up with their ranks, and uh, one of them is very beautiful, and one of them is very rugged, and the rugged one lo- is immediately infatuated with the very beautiful one, but so is everyone else in the sam- like the, this samurai clan, and it just turns into a fucking mess. Sounds really great. Good. Sounds fucking great. <laughs> It's yeah, really it's, good. It's really good. It's a slow start, but it once it gets going, it's like, yeah. Uh I really like this. Um Yeah. Uh was it went to the Discord was like, this is really good, people should watch it, and our friend Camille was like, Oh yes, I love this movie. So, <laughs> you know, shout out to Camille. Um I watched three other movies, um, because uh I've just been suffering, so all I do is watch movies. I watched a terrible fucking movie called The Collector on Shudder, which is a two thousand nine movie. Uh, that was written and directed by the two guys who did like Saws 4 and 5, and they wrote this to be a prequel to Saw, and then they were told by the studio, absolutely not, um, <laughs> so they made this instead. And so it looks like Saw, uh, but it's about like this thief who goes into this house, and it just so happens that at the same time he's stealing something from this house, this like, killer who sets up a bunch of death traps is also like torturing this family um and so he has to try to save them and defeat this guy and it's apparently a trilogy um which is ridiculous uh or the second one came out in 2012 and then there's a third one that's apparently in production so uh it it's not very good i don't recommend it but uh i guess i had like a decent time as like i was hurting and on pills and trying to figure out what to watch um on that, uh, I watched Take Aim at the Police Van, which is a Seijun Suzuki noir film uh, that's on the Criterion Channel uh, about a bus, a, a prison bus driver uh, who survives his bus being attacked uh, by breaking out all the prisoners, and he decides to take it up on himself while he's on administrative leave to try to figure out what happened and track them down. Um, it is uh, 1960, so it's much more like staid compared to what you think of when you say Sage and Suzuki to a Western audience. Mm-hmm. But it's good. It's a nice, solid film noir. Um, I, I liked the reveals at the end. There's a little bit of like things you think of when you think of Sajun Suzuki in this. Uh, it's it's fun. Um, and then just this afternoon, I watched The Adventures of Robinson Crusoe, uh, the Louis Bunuel production from 1954. Um, How was that? It's it's okay. It's an adaptation of Robinson Crusoe, so you get all of the like pluses and minuses of that book. Uh it, it doesn't like stray too far from the text. So, you know, he lands on this island and he definitely saves that oh, one native guy from cannibals and then raises him up to be his like servant and it's all fucked up. Um because it's been well, I think it focuses a lot on the ways in which Robinson Crusoe himself like demonstrates his like like his western misunderstanding of religiosity by applying it to friday when he's trying to teach him religion and friday's like uh your bible doesn't make any damn sense and he's like clearly you're just too unintelligent to understand you don't have enough language um and that stuff is extremely bunuel being bunuel because that man fucking is all about messy religious shit um it was all right you know it's fine i i a lot of nice photography of uh islands and beaches and tree houses and stuff like that but i wouldn't say like go out and seek it or anything mm-hmm. apparently he originally wanted orson Welles to play robinson crusoe well don't we all oh sorry the screen the screenwriter wanted orson Welles, and then louis bunuel was like uh no he's too uh fat and angry to be uh robinson crusoe absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> um and so they got dan O'Larity, who was apparently in um he was in a like a 
not Othello, um, Macbeth that uh, Boonwell liked. Cool. He played Macduff in Orson Welles' Macbeth. That's how this happened. <laughs> Which I haven't seen. I need to watch that. Yeah. Because uh, uh, we're a big Macbeth fan. Um, I'm mixed on Macbeth. It's only because it was like I it was like the first Shakespeare thing I young read when I was way too young. But I'm sure it's fine. Oh, it was always it was always Romeo and Juliet here, which is a one that I kind of don't like, but yeah. I love Macbeth. Macbeth rules. It's specifically because my dad was doing a production when I was like four. Oh well, oh. fuck off, Simon. <laughs> um, so I remember him writing. I remember him turning the the uh, Microsoft Word settings to have a blue. It was like a turquoise neon blue color for the pages where he was rewriting Macbeth for his stage production. God, that's wow. my memory of childhood and Macbeth. <laughs> vivid, vivid in the mind. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, anyway, we should probably get into the movie. Yes. Uh, this week, uh, I uh, I guess I chose. I don't remember. Did De- Destiny I thought chose, I chose Destiny it. Chose it. Yeah, Destiny, Destiny chose this. Let Destiny choose this. Uh, and she chose F for Fake, which is uh, the Orson Welles uh, directed uh, Orson Welles and uh, Oja Kodar written film documentary narrative essay um, about uh, originally Elmer Tahori, uh, who is a famous art forger, um, and his biographer Clifford Irving, uh, but it's revealed in the course of the production that Clifford Irving also was just lying about a lot of his uh, biographies, because he famously wrote a biography of Howard Hughes, and Howard Hughes was like, I do not know that man, um, and... Torsen Wells decided to just keep going and filming this as it all dissolves uh, into a question of what is art and what is uh, what is honesty in art and what counts as things that are authentic or not. Um, you know, real uh, real art in the age of mechanical reproduction bent this whole fucking thing. Yep. Um, I had seen this before, so I'm going to let someone else talk about it because uh, my mouth hurts. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Um... It's a lot of editing. It's really cool. Uh, I really liked it. It's basically, I mean, these people say this, um, and it's true. Uh, so I don't want to like this is like a unique uh, insight, but I, I think this is a true thing. It's basically just what video essays are. We see this like all of this form around now. Um, it's better than all of them. He fucking nailed it first time. No one else needs to bother. Uh, <laughs> but that's basically what um like because it is a documentary. That's a form of documentary, but it definitely like the extent of the weird editing the, like cutaway gags the fact that it's all kind of just a shit post um and not only and it never stays on topic no never stays on topic and also like it knows that you know that it's fucking with you um because there's no way when you watch the movie so basically the movie starts and um first of all there's a bunch of nonsense which is like vaguely related to conning people like whilst doing magic tricks and then um there's this incredible bit where they're filming everyone watching uh, uh, Oya walk down the street because uh, she's so hot um, and the men can't help but stare and imagine they're going like, oh, they have become the actors because their performance of the, you know, talking about all those ideas and uh, um, it's getting in the right frame of mind for the movie. And then he comes out and like, we will not lie for the next hour. And I'm like, well, I know this movie's 90 minutes long. So um, <laughs> I don't know if, if any, I don't know if like, you, you don't know that when you watch a movie, like, you know, do you know the running time of a movie in the seventies when you see it? Is that part of the gag? But I know, I don't know. how long the movie is exactly. So I know, well, the last third of this movie is going to be some fucking bullshit, isn't it? 
it. And lo and behold, as it goes through the story of this documentary, uh, about two thirds of the way through, after the first hour, it pivots uh, to a completely different story about OER, not about um, either the art, uh, art forger or Clifford Irving, the biographer, uh, but instead about her uh, ripping off Picasso and then her granddad, like who is like a Picasso forger, meaning Picasso and like having this entire uh like confrontation with him about the nature of art and the relationship between them and who gets to decide what is real and what is not and like you know eventually just about like absolution in your dying moments and then he turns to the camera it's like just a prank <laughs> go home we've been lying he says i've been lying my head off for the last 17 minutes Mwah. Mwah. perfect yeah it's pretty good because the entire thing is filmed in like it's uh, Wells and OER doing reenactments of this uh, discussion between uh, her grandfather and Picasso, like in front of like black screens with smoke machines. <laughs> it looks like they're just on a pier in the void, basically. <laughs> yes. Uh, apparently, this is like, filmed entirely in their living room. They just put up some canvases and a fog machine. <laughs> oh yeah, because they're like they were dating, right? Yes, they are. They were together until he died, I think. So. Yes. Okay, so they were together a good chunk of time, good 20 years. Yeah. And apparently she wrote this whole thing. She wanted to make a movie about her uh, inspiring a, a lost era of Picasso. And uh, Wells liked it and was like, yeah, let's put it in the movie. And she's like, okay. <laughs> Get to yeah, see by more people that way. <laughs> it seems like there were at least three or four different movie projects happening that fold into this movie. Yes. Because there's the movie about the Howard Hughes prank. Then there's the movie about uh, Elmer DeHorey, mm-hmm. the art forger, that I think Francois Rickenbach is making. Reichenbach? Is that what's yeah. going on? It was kind of confusing at first to understand like what movies were in the middle of being filmed that led to this movie. Yes. Also, then Peter Bogdanovich, who helped on this movie, made like the actual documentary about this stuff. Uh, he just oh, went really? and shot a straight one. Yes. <laughs> that is funny. Yes. Um, it's. I did not know that. The amount of things like cascading in on themselves is very, very good, and then it, like the movie like bounces between these narratives multiple times, and it basically just becomes uh, Orson Welles rambling about whatever's on his mind in a way that's very good. Um, yeah, he even talks about the War of the Worlds prank, which I always heard all of those things happened, like all those reactions were not real. Um, I've heard some of them are real, but not all of them, and no one really knows for sure at this point. Um, I assume there were definitely some real, like they have to be real on some extent. Like, you know, I remember the, what was the, the thing you watched recently, the BBC one, the Ghost Watch one? Oh, yeah. Like, that was in the 90s, and that got a bunch of real reactions. So, of course, this one, like, uh, had, a, you know, at least some... Probably not to the extent of necessarily people running into the, um, like, you know, into the wilderness to escape the aliens. Uh, but there was definitely some impact from that. Um, and, yeah, it was just a, it was just a really good uh, a really good movie. Um, I, I definitely felt that, like, because so much of it was, like... Um, they put on the table early on that they're fucking with you and that the movie's just like um, not I don't mean not meant to be taken seriously because the ideas are earnestly good and well presented but there's definitely like a remove where they're like okay 
you're not meant to think this is like the deepest thing in the world that everything is fake because that's actually just that's like an obvious thing everyone's performing at all times you know and by putting it on the table in like that way it allows you to just have fun with watching the movie in a way where you're not like i don't want to try to say here but i'm glad it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like ponderous right it doesn't feel like the artifice of it is meant to be look at the genius things that they're doing to like you know postmodernism you no, no, they're having fun. Wells is Wells is too much of a showman for that, right? Exactly. Like he he believes in this being a magic trick, like right, yes, like the beginning of him, like it just opens with him doing this like extended magic trick for this kid, where he's turning a key into a coin and back again, and that's the entire thing. Like he loves that part of it. Yeah, because um, Orson Welles go on Penn and Teller is what I'm saying. Oh, uh, he'd actually <laughs> he'd absolutely go on that, and they'd yes. be like, "Holy shit, Orson Welles is alive! How'd you do that?" Uh, <laughs> And then he'd wink, and it'd be great. <laughs> so good. Uh, I love Awesome Wells. But yeah, I, I haven't because this is my like. Oh, well, I haven't seen that much that many Awesome Wells movies. I think it's my third one. Um, I've seen more interviews from him. Citizen Kane, and you saw. Um, I saw Touch of Evil. Touch of Evil right? in school. Touch, so watching yes. Touch of Evil in school is like my biggest Awesome Wells. Um, touch point not necessarily for the movie but for the conversation we had around it at school and it was all the most dour like this is like a serious movie about you know colonialism and all these things and i'm like i mean it is but also it's fun it's funny he's doing a bit look at him look at him in that movie yes my favorite orson Welles movie is lady from shanghai i need to watch that i would love that movie like there's no way i would yeah that movie is fabulous um mine might be this one uh, I saw this movie many, many years ago and loved it and hadn't revisited it since, and I still love this movie. Uh, just the gravity of Orson Welles on this is very good. There's there's so many um, sections where he's, like, holding court at a party. Yes. To camera. Uh I watched. I listened to the audio commentary, and it was the it was the cinematographer who was just like, "He did this every night." I heard all these stories so many times, I was yes! just sick of them. Yes! Yes! Oh my yes! god, that's amazing. Good, because I was thinking like, you know, Orson was probably one of like maybe ten people that I would like allow to quote unquote hold court in an earnest way at a party and not think they were a fucking asshole. Yes. Well, apparently this is what he did, and that guy I thought he was kind of a fucking asshole. Yes. Sometimes. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> that's good. That's good. He also just dragged him around like, you know, we're going to we're going to wander around Ibiza and every once in a while we're going to find something we want to shoot and then you better be ready. And he's like, I don't have a focus puller. I was just it was just me and a camera. We just shot this. Orson Welles wanted to stand in front of this glass ball and talk about the death of art. And so we did. <laughs> Beautiful. Orson Welles YouTube channel would kill. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would be subscribing to Orson Welles Patreon right now. Did everyone here watch the nine-minute trailer? Yes. Yes. That isn't is really a trailer. <laughs> it's pretty much like a weird condensed version of the film itself, filmed in black and white with like all this footage that wasn't in the original film. Yeah. Of Oya with like a tiger, and explaining the Picasso thing and her grandfather and magic tricks. It's it's a lot. It's really good. It's an incredible uh, little bit. Um, because, well, it, it, like, really, after watching the movie, cements the idea of, like, the movie as, like, this bonding experience and just funny joke that these people are playing, um, 
because bringing in the cinematographer into like try to do the wells narration but for the trailer but then wells is kind of like fucking with him and not letting him do the trailer narration yeah. it's so funny and so you really get a sense <laughs> of like um that this is you know uh I like every time that I look up the well stuff, I find I go and fall into the uh, looking at the Pauline Kale thing because I find it hilarious um, as like bringing him as this icon of this like individual auteur. And then he makes this trailer and it's mostly about the ways he fucks with the people he works with. Like it's uh, like maybe the funniest target to have for this person, like doesn't doesn't exactly like erase anyone around him. Yeah. Uh. I also like like. As much as we talk about this as, like, a goofy, very silly, irreverent film, like, Wells believes all of this. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. And the trailer is also, like, a great distillation of all the ideas. Like, what, I would love to see my your favorite YouTube essayist condense their three-hour video into nine minutes, please. They should all have to do yeah. that. They have to do that. Otherwise, yeah. they're fake. As a challenge, yeah. Because, come on. Are you any good? Yeah, so I didn't mean to say that, like, the ideas are bad or, like, the movies. No, 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 I just... Uh, yeah clarify yes because i think i think the trailer helps drive home just how like coherent the argument is when the movie can often often feel like histrionic and moving in like six directions at once so so i had two but thoughts the about po- the movie which is the first that yes. uh awesome Wells youtube youtube channel would be amazing but second um awesome Wells today gets cancelled week two for pretending to be from you know <laughs> for inventing a fake hollywood career or inventing a fake like career in another country twice basically <laughs> like moving to the stage pretending to be from hollywood and then moving to hollywood say oh i was the best in in england or whatever um yes i and uh being very uh, honest about that was very good like all the sections where he brings in his own stuff is uh, uh is excellent yeah i think i learned more about orson wills than i did about art forgery watching this movie um yeah that's why it's good <laughs> yep and that's the entire point uh, well I mean, I think I think the point of the movie that continues to be reiterated, like forgery is a fake idea made up by people yes. who like dictate markets, is like good and true. Um, the the contempt that everyone in this movie has for the idea of like expertise and the art like culture market is uh, good. It's so good. They all hate it so fucking much. It's palpable. <laughs> yeah, it's good because I like I definitely thought watching. I wonder what the like shitty dark side i don't know what the word about i can see this movie being taken in a shitty way from like a bunch of fans right i was like yes no one knows what we're talking about i can justify anything nothing is real right whereas oh exit the gift shop right yes (laughs) right exactly um but i think the movie itself is really clear about like no i mean the art world's a fake thing invented to sell like it's like just a pissing match for billionaires basically um completely meaningless and so yeah like revealing that as a farce is important mm-hmm. um and something that's worth doing yeah uh, it's good i'm very happy that we uh, that we watched it because i i didn't actually know anything about the film i just knew it was an awesome wells film from the 70s and i watched it I was like, i'm not gonna look it up oh really yeah i didn't even know it was about painting oh, wow. it was like i knew it was like a weird oh. documentary thing but okay apart from that like I knew it wasn't just a, you know, just like a Orson Welles movie where he's playing someone. Like I, knew, I thought it was a documentary of some kind, but that was it. That's all I had. I mean, I was kind of in the same boat. Like I knew it was about trickery, on some level. Didn't know how detailed it would get. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, all right. Is there anything else? Should we move on to questions? Uh, when I am um, typed in F fake to the website to add to my thing, it came up with F fake news. Great. And uh, I didn't want to carry that burden alone. All right. If you'd like to send us questions, you can send a podcast <laughs> at normalmapping.com. We will answer them when we return. Um, if you just want to fill our inbox with movie questions, we'll have a great time t- answering them when we get back. Maybe we'll do a whole questions episode if we get enough of them. That would be fun. Yep. So if you like this podcast and want to wish Destiny well, I'll send those on to her while she's recovering. Um, and we'll, we'll answer all the questions when we get back. First email is from our friend Tilly. Uh, decided to look up the restaurant featured in Effort Fake La Mediterranean, which is still open and apparently still a destination for famous people. If you were being treated to lunch there by Orson Welles, what would you talk about? I'd probably explain Twitter to him. I think it'd make him so mad. I think I would just let him talk. I'd want, I'd, I'd want his input on the ways in which people are just galaxy brain weirdos on twitter i he needs to know about fake asian wife <laughs> uh, yes no no you're right Ed, uh awesome wells needs to be brought into online <laughs> yeah um i linked in the discord a link to the menu if you would like to take a look at the menu of the la mediterranean and pick what you might like because tilly also asked that it's in french so i hope you can read french if not you'll have to translate it yourself um this is extremely in french uh, because I'm ridiculous, I picked, uh, Ventreche, uh, de Thon Rouge Grillé, uh, Caponata and Pignon de Pin, which seems to be, uh, like fish belly roasted on, like, a bunch of vegetables with pine nuts. It's also the most expensive thing on the menu. I have a bad habit of, not, in, not intentionally, always gravitating to the most expensive thing on the menu. Um, but I do like fish, and it looked like really good fish, so. Mm-hmm. I can't translate this. I have Firefox, not Chrome, so I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I opened it in Chrome, but it won't... Oh, there we go. Translate to English. Oh, the menu, I don't think, is, is not a... It is an image. You have to type it in. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, um, that's why it's not working. All right, well, yes. sorry, I can't answer this. I'll have whatever Orson Welles is having. <laughs> as long, as I long bet as that thing is not on the menu. <laughs> also, also he has like three separate meals that he like swatched between he clearly they clearly ordered for the table and were just picking at stuff yes well there Which was I, one scene where he ordered something like he was finished something and then he was yes. like and bring me the blah 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 yeah um i wish i lived a life where i could just command a table and bring food in and out like this it feels like a dream yeah uh, we have a question from Hannah. Uh, when Elmir is talking about how Ibiza isn't a glamorous cosmopolitan place, one of the cities he mentions as a contrast is Omaha. Uh, so if Omaha residents on the podcast, I gotta know, is he correct? Is Omaha more glamorous than Ibiza? And if not, why did he put it on the list? I haven't stopped thinking about Omaha being on the list to sell the movie. <laughs> okay, I just take assumed, care. I assumed it was a cute joke. I also assumed it was a cute joke, but also it is a weird pull. Like, why Omaha, of all things? Like, Omaha is, even then, wasn't it kind of known for, like, you know, Peter Fonda established a theater here, and so it's a little, like, arts town? I don't know. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. Peter Fonda established a theater here? Yeah, Peter Fonda's from here. I didn't know that. Learning things every day. I believe you. I just didn't know. Everyone always talks about Alexander Payne being from here. 
they and do. the theater he works for kind of is obnoxious. It's the rich people's theater. Like, yeah, the show's good stuff, but God, if you want, the worst crowds I've ever had has been at the fucking indie fucking nonprofit theater. Just a bunch of rich people having too much wine going to see a foreign movie. I feel like worst I, ne- crowds. I need to impress upon people how much in my time of knowing you, you have complained about this exact thing, despite going there about three times. In like my- <laughs> I used to go there a lot is the thing, and I'm still so mad about like it. In my entire friendship, you've gone there maybe three times since uh, 2013, but I, I used he- to go there a lot. <laughs> I've heard this so many times, and I'm not complaining. <laughs> it's, uh, it's correction. So Corrections corner. Peter Fonda studied acting it, at UNO. Okay. And the Omaha Community Playhouse was uh, founded, but I believe, by Marlon Brando's mother. Okay. Mama Brando. Or something like that. But yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. We have an email from Alex uh, who watched the movie, really enjoyed it. Let's see. Da-da-da-da. Trying to find a question in here. Uh, he brings up, uh, wish the film wasn't so obsessed with, uh, Oya Kodar's ass, uh, and all that. Um, that was all her idea. And yeah, she, oh, she, Oya is obsessed with her own ass. <laughs> yes. And she, uh, she, she described it as being part of her feminism, so she has her personal freedom. You have to give it to her. Um, it's yeah. great. Also, it didn't awesome, make me what mad. if I was so hot that the entire world stared at me? Awesome, what if I was so hot that Picasso, like, made an entire new form of art? Awesome, put it in the movie, please. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, yes i'll do this for you and no one else yep yep um but yeah i guess it was just uh saying how much i uh, like the movie and uh looking forward to the podcast trying me too uh we have questions from tron uh what is your who's your favorite character in this movie Orson Welles. Orson Welles. It's unfo- it's Orson Welles. He's my yeah. favorite character in like the 20th, 20th century. I, like, I liked I liked Joseph Cotton showing up to <laughs> I think do Howard Hughes impersonations. Yeah, there's a bit where I don't know if it's in the movie or it's in the commentary where like originally they were going to do a movie about Howard Hughes. And okay, and he was going to play Howard Hughes, and then he shows yes. up. And they're like, "We're not doing that." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I'm here anyway." <laughs> yeah, so he has like a little cameo in the film, and then they talk about Citizen Kane and how he almost played Xavier Kane, uh, Charles Foster Crane. And oh, then right. that's when the movie was going to be about Howard Hughes. Yes. Then they changed it. That's yes. what. It was yes, about. yes, and but I'm pretty sure he's doing the Howard Hughes impression. I don't know for sure. It just sounds a lot like him. Yep. There's a bit in the footage of Howard Hughes, the newsreel footage, there's like an actor from a movie who was playing Howard Hughes that they put on accident, and uh, Wells is just like, leave it in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No one will think that's an accident given the movie. (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny. Uh, What are your thoughts on forgeries? They're good. They're good. Keep it up. Don't care. Like, the reality of a thing is unimportant to me. Like, you know, we live online. You can just duplicate this MP3 as much as you want. It doesn't exist. Yep. Real, I go back and forth. Real effort goes into it, but it doesn't exist. It's not real. I mean, like <laughs> my yeah, my actual view is like I have materials materials view on forgery. I guess I don't, you know, I don't as much as anyone. I don't like when people like steal uh, shit in such a way that causes this person who's made something to get fucked over. Right? Like that's always bad, but that's not bad because of anything inherently special about like art that is bad about that that's still that's the thing this movie is reading about it's the same thing it's all capitalism it's all fake yes no one's forging the works of artists who need the money exactly exactly like that <laughs> this in, is true. in fact it's like in, it's saying that like 
if this market didn't exist, they wouldn't have to like forge things because if we didn't yes. like have, you know, because they're not no one sell, they can't sell their own art. No one cares who are they. Exactly, yeah. like they were all artists in their own way, and then they had to do this to make money. Uh, do you like magic tricks? I love magic tricks. I, as Remember a kid, when they I did wanted to be a magician. You should still be a magician. The masked magician who like gave away all the secrets yes. was so disappointing to me. Uh, the thing is, is watching that as an adult, because I think it's on Netflix, might be on YouTube. Some I've watched it recently. And A, he's giving away like the hokiest, like, d- like magicians weren't doing those tricks by that point, ma- magic. And also some of them are just lies. Some of them are oh, absolutely just lies. That makes me so happy. Because as a kid, I found that so disappointing. Because in in quarantine, I've watched a lot of Magician YouTube. Yes! And um, it's good. It's good. Like, the actual, the good magic is just people doing cool shit with coins and cards, like, right in front of you. Like, David Copperfield making the Statue of Liberty disappear is not impressive. Uh, because it's not, there's no, like, skill involved. Like, obviously, it's a plant or a mirrors or some bullshit, right? Like, you know. Yeah. Like, every time there's a Darren Brown thing, it's like, oh, he's convinced someone to do a armed robbery with uh, yeah. hypnosis. And like, I mean, yeah, but he's got there's so many cameras watching that, like, you know, it's a whole it's a whole thing. It's not as impressive as just a small trick. Yep. Uh, Tron's final question. Did any of you feel sad for Orson Welles or Emil Horry after finishing this movie? I don't know why I would feel sad for Orson Welles necessarily. We'll come, we'll circle back around to that. Emil Horry, uh... That all sucks. Like this, if you don't know the story of him, uh, eventually after several years after this movie, uh, they did want to finally like take him to France to face charges for, uh, his forgeries and he killed himself. There's a lot of, uh, rumors that, that they were pushing for the, uh, prosecution because he was openly gay, um, in the seventies, you know, bad times. Yeah. Cause he got, uh, the, he talks about being in jail in the movie and he was yeah. actually arrested for being gay in Spain. Yeah. And they don't really say that in the movie, mm-hmm. but that's what he's referring to when he's talking about being in jail. Yes. Uh, Orson Welles, however, uh, is just fine. I don't know. What is sad about Orson Welles here other than the sadness of anyone who realizes that uh, life is sad? I mean, I guess like he didn't he didn't have the career he should, but whatever. It's fine. The things he made. I think he was okay, wasn't he? I mean, like, like he, what, after, wasn't he okay with that after a while? Probably. He's fine. Look at him. He's fine. He's like, hey, I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm hanging out in Ibiza with my not wife wife uh, <laughs> to, like, shoot bullshit on this party every night. Who cares? The world where Orson Welles was, like, a successful Hollywood way worse, way who sadder. made 30 movies. Yeah, way sadder. <laughs> he would have just disappeared. You wouldn't know his name if he had just been another player. I mean, you point. You still like. I, I don't know if that's still necessarily matter. true. Like you know, but he didn't like. You, you don't want. You don't want to be Hitchcock. Like no one wants to be Hitchcock. No, be Orson Welles. God, yes, yes, God, yeah. Because yeah, he'd still be important and like recognized, right, for making great movies. But uh, I feel like things he did do is uh, way better. Um, I uh, got to do the Ebert check. Okay. Uh, which this movie gets three stars. Yeah. Uh, this movie was not well received when it first came out, which I think is very funny. People found it incoherent, which I kind of get, considering this editing just wasn't the way of the 70s. This was kind of ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, 
final paragraph is F fake is minor wells, uh, the master idly turning his instrument while the concert seems to never start again. But it's engaging and fun. It's astonishing how easily Wells spins a movie out of next to nothing. For many years, he was reported to have uh, Don Quixote as a work in pro- protest, uh, progress. Uh, now, according to program notes, the working title has been changed to When Are You Finishing Don Quixote? Does it matter when F fake has such a sufficiency of windmills? It's good. It's a good review. It's a good line. Yeah. <laughs> Ebert's also showing off. Yep. Writing his fucking movie reviews in the 70s. Yep. Just banging <laughs> this out at the movie desk in Chicago. Read. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. I think that's a podcast. That is a podcast. We'll be back someday. Uh, everyone plugs Destiny. Where can people find you? At Fridge Buzz now, pretty much everywhere. Uh, I wonder if you will tweet more or never while you're recovering. Good luck, Dustin. Uh, I'm hoping to tweet more, but you know what? I barely tweet now, and I've got nothing going on. So, <laughs> uh, Jackson, where can people find you? You can find me at headfullsoff on Twitter.com. You can find the podcast that me and M do, Adam Normal Mapping. There's a whole bunch of cool ones there. Uh, we're recording Adam Normal Mapping on Metro Prime in a couple weeks. So look forward to that yeah. at the end of the month. You can find me on Twitter, EM underscore being. Uh, we have a bunch of podcasts, Jackson said. Uh, and then an airplane will be back as soon as I get this tooth fixed. We'll be talking about Howl's Moving Castle. I'm excited to watch it. I just can't focus on subtitles right now. Um, it's a hard time. Um, but uh, if you want to support us, you can do that at patreon.com slash mapping. For $1 a month, you will get the Great Gundam Project. Me and Jackson are watching Gundam Wing, Space Runaway Ideon. Um there's no episode this week. This episode might come up uh, on Wednesday because uh, the air conditioning's out and it's hard to sit at this computer. <laughs> Just troubles on troubles over here at my side of Emerald Mapping HQ <laughs> lately. Um, but it'll be out uh, and, uh, you know, Gundam Wing will resume as soon as I'm fixed up and uh, that'll be that. Thanks, everybody, for all of your time and attention. Please send in questions about movies for when we return. Uh, look forward to whenever we talk. We'll probably talk about... Uh, What's the terrible movie? The Incredibles 2 on the next VoIP Life, if you're interested in that. Um, we definitely will. Whenever we record that, I don't know when. That'll be after yes. you get uh, fixed up. But Friday afternoon, I, my mouth is numb. <laughs> Coming in from the root canal, and you're like, it's time to talk about Incredibles 2. God, that movie fucking sucked. <laughs> Brad Bird, what yeah, happened so to we, you? We, we might do that. I, I know what happened to, to Brad Bird. Brad Bird's always been like this. He just got more permission to be like this. Incredibles 2 is a different beast. Not politically, he just doesn't care anymore. Yeah. It's like maybe the weirdest, most like low-key, constantly saying evil shit movie I've ever seen. It's <laughs> incredible. Pun unintended. Goodbye! Uh, until then, watch the movies, do, but... Do not expect to like it. <laughs> <laughs>